Welcome one, welcome all to episode 195 of the Xbox Expansion Pass recorded on Saturday, September 16th, 2023. I'm your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, joined by my co-host, the Intrepid, Captain Logan. And in this episode, we will discuss the latest Xbox news. Unity has made a critical error and the time for attack has come. And we are on the eve of Xbox's Tokyo Game Show. Pretty darn excited there, and it is a good time to be a gamer. As always, we hope you enjoy the show. Logan, we'd like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming weeks better. But first, how are you, my friend? Dude, this has been... I'm doing good. This is a good game week, man. We've got games to play. we got news to talk about. There was, like, there's stupid stuff about, like, acquisitions. But honestly, like... There's there's too much other good stuff to talk about that yeah. I'm like, we don't need to talk about the little little minutia details of what's going on with the ABK deal. We can yeah. skip over that and talk about some video games. Man, so so there was a PlayStation State of Play, a Nintendo <laughs> Direct. Unity blew up all of its relationships with every developer ever. Yeah. Uh, Mortal Kombat <laughs> codes went out. We didn't we didn't secure Mortal Kombat. But we would have had time to because the crew and Phantom Liberty came in. Uh, so we're playing those for coverage. This week has been madness yeah. uh, in just the gaming space. <laughs> it is wild. It is wild. It's so, so crazy. I, I know. And the last two episodes, we couldn't work together. Uh, Joseph Moran was kind enough to help us out on both fronts. Uh, he <laughs> subbed in for you and then he subbed in for me for health and internets and all that stuff. Um, so we appreciate him, but oh my gosh. I'm so glad to get to talk to you now. And yeah. it's like, it started when Starfield hit, mm -hmm. but man, like to, to get two of the three codes that we, we were aiming for, we don't even have time. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's nuts. I'm I'm so excited for Phantom Liberty and the crew conversations for all the reasons. But uh, I mean, it's <sighs> yeah, it feels good. Like I'm just excited to be back podcasting, be on schedule. But it's just like there's so much. How do you not talk about Spider Man from the State of Play? I know the third party <laughs> stuff. It's it's who man. Oh Dude. man, it's a good oh, week. Man. I'm so bummed that you didn't get a my uh, Mortal Kombat code because I know how much you love your fighters. And I was watching streams of it last night and I was like, I was watching uh, Sonic Fox and I was like, God, this dude, first off, that dude so is insane. Yeah, uh, so but secondly, it was just like, he was playing, uh, I think it's Kenshin. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, Kenshi. The, the, Kenshi, yeah. Um, the blind one? Is that who you're Yes. About? Yes. Yeah. I was watching his combos and stuff and I was like, this is, this is like, like devastating. There was one, one match where he literally was using the same move to a dude who just gave up in the corner after the first match. He's like, I, I can't beat Sonic. <laughs> yeah. Like, what am I going to do here? What am I it was ridiculous. Here? Dude, that game is so pretty. Oh yeah. my God. And there's so many little nostalgia trips in there too. But anyway. Well, it's on my list to get down the line, like several games this year. It's going to yeah. be, it's going to be like, Hey, I'll get to you later. Love you. But. Yeah. Um, because there's just too much to play. And I'm genuinely like, I love street fighter six when I'm getting a fighter like hankering. I do love street fighter six. Mm, um, yeah. They've got a new character dropping that I am so not interested in. 
and it's just oh, so it's it? like ati or aki or something i believe yeah yeah but like i couldn't care less i'm interested in akuma who's two months from now and i feel like oh. they know that and they're like hey <laughs> this character when mortal kombat comes out yeah um and I, the fighting game community is just so fortunate with this year. So fortunate. Right? So like so crazy. Mm-hmm. Where did the where did this year come out of that? They're like, hey guys, uh, you know all that stuff that we, we said we were like, you know, due to due to COVID and, and mm-hmm. work from home, we've had to slow down production and stuff yep. will come back. And now it's like, all right, we're we're, we're good. <laughs> yep. So so Mortal Kombat's on my wait list, despite it being incredible. Um, yeah. I, I know we have other stuff to get to, but I will say like the crew, I'm so excited to jump into. It came in like middle of soccer week, so I just couldn't I couldn't stop coaching and get ready and, and started. I can't game. wait. To, I can't wait to talk about that. There's some really cool stuff in that game that uh, we, we need to get into. <laughs> I'm anxious because J- Ains was telling me all about it and it looks so much fun. So, yeah. so for sure. Um, Logan, we like to start the show with words of kindness. Who are your words of kindness this week, man? Uh, I'm going to I'm going to toss a shout out to uh, Jess Hinkle who may not sound like, you know, you, you may not have heard of them and that's a hundred percent fine. You know, those folks that are like dedicated supporters to content creators, they, they don't create content themselves, but they are, are big, big supporters. Like they're yeah. just always there, you know, championing the, the, the person. Jess is this f- person for Fran Mirabella, uh, mm-hmm. who's formerly of IGN and, and works out over at uh, kind of funny part-time. Mm-hmm. Um, she has been, like a godsend when it comes to uh starfield stuff mm-hmm. and the reason i say this is because in in she's been moderating uh she built out forums in fran's discord mm-hmm. and it's got like builds spoilers official announcements uh content um uh, you know patch notes uh s- screenshots like anything that you would see out of like a normal forum from the actual company She's like replicated in Fran's discord and it's so well organized and it's so well like monitored that it's like, it's, it's just a, a real great way for me to be able to talk about stuff, to share things, to like keep up with stuff and to, to grab a lot of the content that I find there and bring it over to the XEP discord mm-hmm. where I share it with our patrons. Yeah. And, and it's so nice to have that. So shout out to her for, for putting so much time and energy into building that out mm-hmm. and there's only like a handful of people that even use it over there but it's a lot of a lot of work for for uh no return necessary and it's just i just wanted to uh, share some appreciation out loud for that just just is to fran who clint combs is to me and that makes me so happy, <laughs> yeah. so happy. everybody needs a clint combs in their life it's, awesome. <laughs> it's true everybody yeah yep. mine is trickster trickster uh oh, for keelhauled is is 100 biggest supporter been there for forever and, and just the, the greatest kindest dude those relationships are the best those yeah. relationships are the absolute <laughs> best um i want to shout out chris baker real quick oh, uh, not, chris, c-bake yeah c-bake exactly yeah c-bake um just put out a book which is really cool i'm anxious to get into it he sent me a, a oh, copy and about stoked this. for it he put out a book it's available on uh amazon not very expensive at all. It's called X-Wings, Lightsabers, and Scorpion Vader. And it's all about the history of Star Wars video games. Ooh. So cool. Uh, I'm anxious that to get into cool. it. I, I, the trailer is amazing. You can find that on his Twitter at Seabake76. Uh, um, but I'm really anxious to get into it because I love Star Wars games. Yeah. And it's like, the, like, if you remember, there was a Star Wars video game where they didn't know the ending of, of Star Wars. So they 
just turned Darth Vader into a scorpion. <laughs> and they, the player fought a scorpion. So it's all about uh, Star Wars video games. And I'm so stoked oh to, to check, it, check it out for sure. So That's funny. Yeah. That's really cool. I did not lightsabers and scorpion Vader. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, blame blame X's algorithm for me missing that tweet because that's uh, cool. Oh yeah, X's algorithm is awful now. Twitter is just it's everything I say <laughs> dies or explodes, and there's no <laughs> in between, and it's really frustrating. So. Oh man. Hey, uh, speaking of Patreon, uh, yeah, I want to let listeners of XEP know uh, that every Patreon dollar that comes in. Uh, in the month of September is going to be donated to extra life. I know a lot of shows do like their Mm. own special drive. uh, And I love that, but I just don't have the bandwidth right now to like set that up, monitor it appropriately, uh, do something. And so I think as a way to honor extra life, uh, but you know, still stay in the vein of XEP. um, I will donate every dollar given to Patreon for this month uh, to Mm. extra life. I I will probably find one of our sister show causes and, divided up accordingly so I can help all those shows. But uh, it is a very small token of some my appreciation for our patrons, but also as a way to give back. Um, it, and if you know, if you stick around, that's amazing. You're helping out XCP long term. Uh, but if you just want to subscribe or support for a month and, and get access to our content, enjoy our content for a month uh, and then drop no offenses taken there. Uh, I want to support the good cause, but I want to also keep within my own bandwidth. So every dollar for from Patreon for this month will go towards Extra Life and I'll divvy it out to uh, our sister shows according, accordingly. Um, and if you're keen to help XCP, feel free to stick around. If not, again, no offense is taken. Um, as it's always said, it keeps the lights on, the content coming, um, and it's appreciated, never expected. So I just want to thank everybody that's listening. So thank you. Oh, that's really cool. That. Yeah, I, I know that this is a great way for folks if you've ever wanted to see like you've heard us talk about like the additional content you've heard us talk about the discord if you've wanted to try that and test it out see what it's like now is a great way to do the thing that you feel like you want to do anyway which is kind of support extra life in in charities in general you know i love doing that Uh, i just closed out a fundraiser for one that i was working on on twitch for a long time um but this is a great way to donate to good cause. Yeah. Get a chance to check out content that you've been locked out of for the time being yeah. without necessarily feeling like you, you don't know if you want to uh, spend the money on it. This is an easy ask, uh, yeah. you know, support a charity, get access to content and then make the, make the choice afterwards. Set a reminder on your calendar. Like I do for yeah, things like and- that. Exactly. No offense is taken. Our Discord is so lovely with such positive people. That's the mm-hmm. the benefit of having it be a closed ecosystem. People that are there want to be there and be supportive. And we play all games. We talk about all games. It's it's a blast. So yeah, yep. yeah. And they they pay for that that access. They pay for mm-hmm. uh you know that 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 content and stuff yeah. like that. And it, you can see when when you invest into something like that, mm-hmm. you tend to cherish it and and kind of you know build the culture that you want. And it definitely shows with the folks that are there definitely appreciate them not to and say that everyone else isn't lovely because you're not because you're not supporting us no, um but that's that <laughs> everyone that listens is supporting but people in, in patreon you guys have helped us cover games that we wouldn't have otherwise gotten to connect with each other website stuff so we we thank you guys yeah so. and they're better <laughs> all right let's read some names here are you ready it's nice to be back together let's here come it. our patreon tier two and three shout outs <clears throat> robbie bobby miller Silent Cipher, Xbox Skittle, Steel Rain, 
Maddo, 1606. Randolph Orr, 19. Silkenet. Rick Gaffney. Hafrican, a.k.a. Charles Jones. Game Positive. Jam Pack Sam. Matt Valdez. Neo Prime, 33. Rick Davis. Red Beast. Xbox Mike 29, the Lord Sir Master James Suddy, Brendan Myers, a.k.a. the Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero, and Dano12. Thank you guys for supporting XEP. Uh, we really appreciate you guys. You keep the lights on, the content coming. Uh, always appreciated. Never is it expected. You guys are amazing. <clears throat> Uh, some housekeeping, Logan, uh, already out, of course, is my Shredder's Revenge uh, interview for the DLC that did really well. A lot of Turtles content creators uh, chatted with me about that, which was really fun. Um, I'm set to interview the Immortals of Avium director, but they got some rough news this past week. Yeah, so I, I don't know if that's going to happen. And I, I respect if they decide not to. Um, so I, I know, hope they love do. them and support we them because that sucks. If if you, you ever next? if you get a chance to push that, like I really want to get the groundswell on this because I, there was a, a a lot of conversation that I have about that. But yeah, we, if you want to jump into the into the yeah. EA stuff, we can jump let's, into the EA stuff. Yeah, let's talk about EA uh, for a bit. You sent me a nice uh, little message that kind of summed it up. There's a lot of things happening with EA, unfortunately. Most recently, uh, the Immortals of Avium studio suffered massive layoffs, uh, something like over 40%. It was 50% of their staff. Um, I knew it was over 40%, so like 47, 48, 49 in there. But if it's 50, that's even worse. Um, The CEO, uh, Brett Robbins, who is the person we had set to talk to, went out on Twitter, sent a, an extremely heartfelt post uh, saying he really supports his team, loves his team. It sounds like it's EA uh, if you're listening, but Ascendant Studios was an indie developer that just was being published by EA. And there's some weird middle ground there, but it really showcases a problem with that type of studio ramp up and then spin down if the game doesn't land right away or in the right time. And uh, specific to Immortals of Avium, which is a great video game. We really liked that video game. Um, it did not sell well because it hit a delay and then came up right up at the edge of this the kind of start of this season. Uh, and it's a real big shame, I think, Logan, uh, to see this happening. Uh, this, there's another thing happening with uh, Wild Hearts, which we'll talk about in a moment. But I hate seeing this happen to the Immortals of Avium uh team and ascendant studios uh because they did a great job they made a great video game um i've been chatting with some other people at the studio via email and they made a great product but the release window just really hurt them and it sucks because what do you do do you delay all the way to february or january or do you get it out when you can like what is the studio do you move on other projects and uh, this is what happens when yeah this yeah it's this is this is exactly what I hate about third party publishers, uh, because this is the problem that you don't see with first party publishers. If a first party publisher puts out a title and it doesn't do well, it has the rest of the studios in the first party lineup to start to kind of like pick up the slack. Like it's nothing is dependent on that one game studio. Immortals of Avium is a brand new IP. No one has mm-hmm. seen this game come out prior to it. It's not a sequel. It's not a remake. A lot of folks are just buying remakes. A lot of folks are just buying sequels. Mm-hmm. And when you come out with a fresh IP, there's a lot of trepidation. 
It's a big ask to ask someone to drop $70 for a title that they have no history about. And there was a question, I think, from uh, uh, the Lord Sir Master James Suddy about whether or not reviews even mattered, you know, uh, in, in our Discord. And this is a time where I think reviews matter because mm -hmm. if if they had been able to delay Immortals of Avia, maybe clean up some of the bugs that we that we'd come across that are just kind of they're not even they're not they're even niggling. like yeah they're like yeah, small small bugs the game plays just fine there's no yeah. issues with it's it smooth as butter I love yeah it. um but with a third party studio EA doesn't necessarily publisher EA doesn't necessarily have to delay that if they don't want to they can say okay well it meets all the critical failure points the game is in a playable state marketing's ramping up we're not mm -hmm. going to delay it we're just going to push it out and the right. studio has to deal with that mm -hmm. and this is one of those situations where it being an Unreal 5 game, it, it uses Lumen. It uses the new uh, uh, facial facial animation stuff. It's so, it's so well. really good game. Um, the problem that I'm running into is, is that people are not buying sevens at full price. Mm -hmm. And that hurts studios. We saw it this year, again, with Callisto Protocol. Mm -hmm. New IP, full price. Mm -hmm. people didn't want to buy it they wanted to buy dead space remake mm -hmm. because they knew what they were getting and they were willing to spend the money on the the fresh look for the game that they know they already like it's why resident evil 4 is doing so well it's a great game but it's also it's a remake right same thing with metroid prime 4 or not uh, metroid prime 4 metroid prime um metroid prime 4 doesn't exist sorry uh it's not real it's, i had a whole nintendo direct that didn't happen again it didn't. It really didn't. Uh, EA killing this studio because the Immortals of Avium didn't do well. This is a minor spoiler, but there is a place in a world where Immortals of Avium 2 happens. Mm -hmm. And because it doesn't sell well, according to EA, it's not worth keeping the studio on full time to be able to make Immortals of Avium 2, which is a shame because they already have a ton of experience with UE5. And UE5 is getting a new update that is going to make it even better, a, right. a really good update. So good, yeah. it, it kills me that folks aren't willing to invest in, in new IP, not because I don't understand like why they aren't doing it. I 100% get why people don't want to buy a new IP, especially if it's like in the sevens as far as Metacritic score. And I think this also is to the argument of why reviews can help or hinder was a, a, a thing because if this was a new ip um like sea of stars and it was getting nines and tens mm -hmm. then people would take a chance on it more more likely like cult of lamb did really really well it was a new right. ip it got really high scores and whatnot but uh it's a it's an interesting thing that folks are not willing to buy sevens at full mm -hmm. price um nowadays and and it's i think tough. that's it's it's a real shame Fully agree. Uh, total bummer. I, I hate that this has happened, but th the thing that sucks about it is they put that effort in. They really worked on uh, this game in UE5, as you said, and then it's just done. Like this team is talented. Like the director, Brett Robbins, is a storied and, and famed director who's done a great job across a number of genres and games. And he's putting out there. He's like, these people are talented. If you need positions, link up, I will give you references. I will t show you their work. This wasn't like a mismanagement thing. This wasn't like, yeah. Hey, you know, 
somebody at Ascendant is, is being greedy to our knowledge at this point in time. Um, it, it stinks. And it's a trend at EA, again, third party publisher here, but like uh, their uh, Wild Hearts, Wild Hearts, seven yeah. months ago was launched and uh, it looks like it's going to be shutting down. They're ending support, support supposedly, at least the last time I, I read about it. That stinks, you know? Yeah. Uh, Sig, Sig Asmussen is left, left, um, Oh my God. Yeah. Respawn. Yeah, that's the director for uh, Jedi Fallen Order and worked on Jedi Survivor. And it's, I think, believe he directed Survivor as well. That's, mm -hmm. that stinks. And it makes you wonder okay, is this an EA problem, an industry problem? Because I can look at AVM and say, okay, this was a release date issue, right? This yeah. is a problem with timing. You come out a month earlier, you're selling nonstop. Yeah. Right? Uh, it just bums me out, but it makes me worry for EA. Uh, I feel like it's just a bad news week. Uh, well, when you kind of look at it we, we see this with like square enix like God. square enix releases you know has had uh all of the tomb raiders you know crystal dynamics and they would release a really good game mm -hmm. and it, it because it was a good game not an excellent game or a masterpiece or something mm -hmm. people didn't buy into it people started to like nitpick the little things about it instead of actually playing the game mm -hmm. and it was a fresh ip and 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 it's just it's a it's a shame you see this with like a uh, forspoken forspoken's a solid game if you play it if you yeah. don't play it then yeah you can sit there and poke at the uh at the voice acting choices that they that they had the the you know the voice director in the booth telling the actors what to say and how to say it mm -hmm. uh you know you can nitpick that stuff but if you play the actual game it's a solid game and it looks great the 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 uh special effects for that game are really good and the systems are deep but it's another one of those things it's a fresh ip mm -hmm. the studio put it out it didn't get high review scores and as a result people didn't buy it people didn't actually give it a chance and a lot of things are just happening with different studios like that that are third-party publishers that are like if it doesn't hit they either they either choose to shutter the the studio or they they move them on to different things and we never get another new ip because it's not a remake it's not guaranteed cash right and it sucks i hate it i hate it so much i i'm fully inclined to agree with you i i hate that we can't take certain risks in the gaming industry and that one's fail one misstep damages everything uh, i look at diablo as an example of that like yeah. X, uh, Diablo launched. Everyone was loving it. Tragic misstep with what they did with season one. Yeah. And they're not going to recover. I do not think they will recover anytime soon. Not when the demands of gamers time and money are no. spread so thin in this this window here, because uh, I'm surely going to play the crew. Phantom Liberty. I'm excited to get into, but that might I might play Phantom Liberty for a bit and then put it down just mm -hmm. because I want to get into the action game that is Spider-Man 2, which looks incredible. I want to get into the the spooky game that is Alan Wake. Forza yeah. Motorsports in there. I think we owe our fans and audience some coverage there. Uh, yeah. It's and amidst all that, Starfield, Son Starfield I don't want to put down right now. Sonic mm -hmm. Superstars is coming out. If you're a Nintendo fan, Mario Wonder is coming. Uh it's it's there's just so much. So something is going to get lost in the shuffle does diablo have a chance at coming back no not in this window of time not until january it, doesn't matter what they do i don't think it's got its audience though um it has, but it's not gonna it, it lost too much of it yeah is what i'm saying 
It, it, it did. There's a lot of burn bridges with the with the first season. The second season, I think, will bring some folks back. We probably won't see a big upswell of of interest again until the next expansion, though. Mm -hmm. It's fair. That's fair. But I and I hope that they just sit on it for a little bit. It's yeah. kind of like, all right, imagine Sea of Thieves and one of the most successful Xbox IPs uh, in the last 10 years puts out an expansion like a big one right now. Would anybody gravitate to see if thieves that wasn't already there no there's just too i mean many... they, they're doing that right now actually <laughs> but like is it like i mean like the biggest one like because the monkey island i don't think is pulling people through monkey monkey island is is the biggest content drop they've had all year and it is it is a storied uh a storied franchise with you know 30 years of of lineage built or built behind it not to say Maybe... that it's mainstream yeah, I was saying, like, it, I don't see a, an IGN writing an article on it. That's because right? no one at IGN plays it. <laughs> well, as this this Xbox content <laughs> creator has no problems with IGN ever. I love IGN. I actually, I actually, yeah, uh, I, <laughs> I, I really do like the content they put out. Um, but they do not have anyone playing CFEs uh, over there, and and I understand why because there's so much to play. Uh, but yeah, they. They're more than welcome to hire me to, to write articles about uh, Sea of Thieves. I will happily keep people up to date or buy my podcast. You legitimately be really good at that. <laughs> you legitimately <laughs> be really good at that. Um, yeah. Uh, Pear, Pear Schneider, love you, buddy. Uh, you feel free to buy Keelhalt. That's uh, I will continue to sign on as as a, uh, a part-time you know, content creator for that and write up articles for you if you want. I'll hey, even capture you, the video. Will you vamp for just like two seconds while I close my window? Cause there's a oh, moving man. truck outside. So okay. I want to talk about this and I'm going to, I'm going to dive into this while Luke is away. Um, we're going to just move right into the next topic, which is unity and how unity has decided to just scorch earth, salt the ground, like, they 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 are not trying to actually be a profitable engine anymore um if you guys don't know unity is uh, a popular engine often used by smaller teams um owing to its it's often compared lower fees uh when it comes to actually like paying for welcome back we're paying we're, we're talking about how unity is scorching the earth and salting the land uh they do not want to be an engine manufacturer anymore apparently um so they announced that uh it will follow other engines in charging a runtime fee starting at the beginning of the year luke i have been following this all week it has been madness seeing the the uh the the studios that use unity come out in in frustration um did, did you get a chance to dig into this at all oh my so i was i was in gaming like uh exile this week because i was you know just coming back from being sick work coaching and it yeah. still hit my feeds i'm still well aware of what's going on <laughs> i cannot fathom how leadership and this is the same the leadership at unity is the same guy that once wanted to uh, charge people to reload in battlefield like i i listened to his speech on that i listened to the audio when he actually said that and he was like if somebody's playing battlefield for six hours uh and, and we've got them as a customer and they're invested and then their clip runs out at that point they're gonna be willing to pay a dollar to reload you know we could take advantage of that uh i see games going this way 
this is the same guy wow. that rolled this out. And I feel so bad for the Unity PR teams that have to deal with this, for the many developers that were just blindsided by the idea. I don't know if you got into how they get charged. Um, it yeah. is so remarkably frustrating to think that somebody can just come in and swoop this out from under your legs. And this is uh, in the same, like this is the kind of argument people say, well, you know, you don't own your digital library. Don't keep things in the cloud. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Yada, yada, yada. yada. And I, I understand like there is a line, but I can't imagine like uh, I had Graham of legend on uh, mm -hmm. a few weeks ago, Graham, he, he made, um, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, miss I'm forgetting the name. But a, a really cool, like really lo-fi beats shooter, uh, real chill. Hit, hit PC. It was supposed to hit Xbox. He's working on that. He's trying to work out some kinks with Unity. Um, but as a small developer, this could destroy him. This yeah. could wipe out his ability to make his rent while working in the games industry, and it's retroactively hitting him. That's not fair. That's yeah. un. That's just wrong. Uh, it just boggles my mind that this could happen. Yeah. Can I, can I, so I, I don't know how familiar you are with it, but Slay the Spire mm -hmm. is, is a very popular card-based uh, roguelike. Yep. And it was one of the first and it, and the graphics are not fantastic, but it is a really good game. Mm -hmm. uh, can I read their statement out that yes. they put out about this? It's a okay. good statement. Hit it. Yeah. So, okay. So the studio is, is mega crit. Um, and they put out a, a, the little banner, the little image on, on X that tells you like, you know, what, what's going on. Uh, it's usually a delay.jpg is what I save. Um, this has not been a delay.jpg. So the makers of Slate Aspire, the mega crit team has been hard at work these past two and a half years on a new game but unlike with slay the spire the engine we have been developing it in is unity the retroactive pricing structure of runtime fees is not only harmful in the myriad of ways to developers especially indies it is also a violation of trust we believe unity is fully aware of this and seeing as how they've gone as far to remove their terms of service from GitHub, which is a, a it's a, a repository for um, code for that's free for everyone to be able to use, but also for keeping your code base, just as a little background on that. Despite the immense amount of time and effort our team has already poured into development on our new title, we will be migrating to a new engine unless the changes are completely reverted and the team, uh, the TOS protections are put in place. We've never made a public statement before. This is how badly you've up. This Love is it. from one of the biggest indie games that came out not that long ago. Slay the Spire is insanely big. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they had to make a public statement about how bad this is shows how devastating this is going to be. The, the makers of Cult of Lamb uh, is they put out a statement as well. They basically said, Hey, buy our game now, because as soon as the new year comes in, we're, we're deleting the game mm -hmm. because we don't want to have to deal with, with the, the retroactive fees of, of cult of lamb, like being popular. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it, it would be the same as if the government said, Oh, there was a, a law that we wanted to put in place that was going to charge you more on your taxes and we're going to apply it for the for the entirety that you've been paying taxes mm -hmm. hope you got money yeah it's ridiculous it's wild and like you know there are plenty of people at 
unity that don't like this, that don't want this to happen. Uh, I've been following some of the reporting. There were people uh, planning protests, planning walkouts, uh, but it's just this affects and impacts so many things across the gaming industry. If if there is not an engine that's easily accessible for small developers to work with at an affordable uh, buy-in price, then what happens is your development pipeline, the, the, the people that are learning to create games, they don't have an avenue to better themselves and your talent stream dies out. We need people to have access to Unreal, to have access to Unity, to have access to any other method of creating games uh, in engines at an affordable price. Like it's, it's important. And this is a slimy way to go about it. If you wanted to build things into future contracts, fine. But the moment they took down their TOS from GitHub, the moment they started <laughs> changing their terms of service and applying things retroactively, uh, it leads people to never want to work with them again. I don't see Unity recovering any of uh, uh, 100% of the goodwill they've got. They might be able to make some steps to walk it back. The guy could step down, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but they've truly damaged their ability to work work with it. And I sincerely hope that other engine makers are capitalizing on this, right? Like, hey, come yeah. try ours. Here's, here's a way. If you were affected by Unity, come do this. Um, because this is going to impact gaming across the board, big and small, for several years. Uh, and we can't quantify how that's going to be impacted for a good bit. And not only just studios too. This is this this kind of a of a of a backstab to developers in general. This is going to filter down. This is going to go all the way down to the community colleges where you've got former developers who are now working as teachers to teach the next generation of gamers and developers how to build games they use things like the free version of of unreal and unity to have like students build out games there are coding sessions coding camps mm -hmm. that are having kids learn how to develop in unity mm -hmm. and if they can't learn how to do that without fear of of these kind of fees coming to studios who honestly can't afford this that is going to dry up the well of developers that are coming because there's not a solid uniform alternative that affords the ease of entry when it comes to fees and stuff like that. In, mm -hmm. in Unreal, you can develop all you want on Unreal, but you know, if you can't monetize that mm -hmm. the way, you know, without having to deal with the fees, then it's it's tougher, which is what made Unity so good. And it really sucks to have to see this. It is really painful to see them try and the reason why this is all coming out is because there are so many mobile games that are built into unity mm -hmm. that are getting millions of downloads millions of downloads and if you retroactively apply a download fee for games that are in the millions mm -hmm. you stand to earn millions of dollars mm -hmm. off of that even if you're only charging 20 cents per download Yep. This also doesn't, uh, it, they honestly don't adequately address how you stop people from troll downloading a game to harm the developer financially. Mm -hmm. Like no longer will boycotts be the thing. It, it will now be buy the game and download it as many times as you can. Mm -hmm. And the it's idea, like, yeah, the idea that you can do that and it damage them financially. Yeah. That's, that's not review bombing. That's a whole nother level of evil. Yeah. And that's 
And, and you can tell like this choice was made, this decision was made without those concessions in mind because their response is, we'll have a team to identify trolls. Sure. Okay. I trust that. Yep. X has the same team. Yep. You know, Twitter's doing just as well. Yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. <sighs> Can we get into positive stuff? Is there positive news this week? Oh, yeah. Oh, if you're about yeah. to talk about the Xbox MasterCard, I will throw something at you. Because I thought this was <laughs> ridiculous. Okay, all right. We can't I get couldn't into even believe you yet. hit it into the notes. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so yeah, Xbox is making a MasterCard. <laughs> now, okay, uh, seriousness. We're not financial advisors. Please do not take our opinion as informed decisions that you should make. That's my disclaimer. Mm-hmm. You should always consult someone who has actual financial standing in mm-hmm. some sort of industry that deals mm-hmm. with banking. Mm-hmm. If you have questions about this, do your own research on this. But Xbox is making their own MasterCard. I think the idea is really cool. There's no annual fee, which I honestly expect with credit cards nowadays. I don't expect to pay money to own a credit card. I'm giving you money on loan. You're giving me interest based off of it. I shouldn't have to pay a fee just to have it. Uh, the thing that this is doing is, is that the, the card is actually going to be giving you points for purchases made through your Xbox account. So mm-hmm. you're going to be getting five times uh, the card points on eligible products through the Microsoft Store. Um, so you can earn earn a dollar for each purchase spent. Streaming services count as three times the card points on eligible services like Netflix and Disney+. Plus. Dining delivery services will also earn you three dollars uh, for or three three times the card points on eligible dining deliveries like Grubhub and DoorDash, and then everyday purchases are going to just be like one times card points and stuff like that. So this is a really good like target audience for streamers who are buying content through the store who are uh, using streaming services and who typically don't have time or don't know how to cook for themselves and do a lot of DoorDash and, and Grubhub stuff. So they know who they should be targeting for this this card. Here's the rub. Uh, the APR on this, which is the uh, is the, the the rate that they actually charge you if you do not pay off your credit card varies between 20 my my eyes have already glazed over (laughs) you've already fallen asleep marty board my god i do not blame you um (laughs) there's a a really good so (laughs) there's a really good um saying when it comes to credit cards those that have good credit don't need credit those that need credit don't have good or those that need credit can't should not be getting credit cards Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. yeah the the thing with this is the the annual percentage rate which is is for purchases you know if you haven't paid off your card they will charge you uh interest on it you know it's how they how they make money 20 to 32 percent 20 to 32 percent that is that is double the baseline of what sales tax is in california we have like 10 percent sales tax here um I, I've never seen a credit card so egregious. 
when it comes to this. Imagine, folks, if you can, any purchase you make through the store, if Microsoft just tacked on an extra 30%. And that's what this credit card would be doing if you didn't pay it off. So I'm just letting you all know right now, this is not a good credit card to go with. <laughs> there are much better credit cards to go with. That's what I needed. Need. It yes. sucks. <laughs> it's it's not good. I, I will I will say that this is it's cool that they're doing it because you know you can get your gamer tag on there. It's got Xbox logo. You're like, oh yeah, I support the Xbox. No, do not do this. This is not like it's one thing to buy a mini fridge. It's a completely another thing to go with a credit card. <laughs> buy the mini fridge. Pay for another controller. Do not get this credit card. <laughs> There, there we go. I'm in. I got it. Credit card bad. <laughs> Credit card bad. <laughs> and this concludes our segment of Logan's financial advice. That is uh, not financial advice. That is, that, that is me telling you it's a bad thing. You make your own financial decisions. Logan specifically said for all of you to go buy this no. credit card. It was do not said do it. by Logan <laughs> Keller. He's a captain, everyone. You got to listen to him. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's, let's talk about the crew real quick uh, yeah. because we are going to dive into this. We got our codes a little bit late and that's on me. Um, I forgot to check my email. Um, <clears throat> so I'm excited by, by the crew coming out for two reasons. One, uh, I'm seeing and hearing very good things about it. Ains is very high on this game. Uh, IGN came in a bit lower at a seven. Please make your jokes accordingly. Um, <laughs> and leave IGN alone. Come on. Uh, but the game on Metacritic is doing fine. Ains is really high on it. I trust Ains. He's one of those reviewers that I I tend to agree with on, on certain things. And racing games are, are one of them. He also knows his racing games quite well. Um, I'm excited for this. The second reason, Logan, is because the Crew Motorfest adopts the formula of Forza Horizon and then adds in uh, boats and planes, I believe, if I'm correct in that. I hope I'm not crazy there. Motor um, motorcycles and planes. I don't know about you. boats. Thank you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I said boats. Oops. Um, but it adds in other vehicles. Let's put it that way. But the yeah. Forza formula is so much fun. And yeah. I think Xbox gamers get to know this. Xbox gamers are familiar with this. I think Forza Horizon is one of the most popular franchises uh, in Xbox history for a good reason. And I think it's really cool to see the crew kind of lending itself over there. It already was kind of teasing into Forza Horizon territory, but this is a great experience for PlayStation gamers to get into uh, because mm -hmm. the formula is so well respected. And again, I'm saying this because I appreciate the formula. I have not gone hands on with it at this point, but from everything I hear, it's quite positive. I want people to check this out because you can do a five hour free trial and your progress carries over if you buy the game. So everybody can check this out and play it for themselves. And I don't want people to miss out on that great formula that is the Horizon style formula. Yeah, I I want it. Okay, so I've I've gone through, I haven't gotten a lot of time on it, but I've gone through one of the playlists, which was the, uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the name of it. But it like was- one of the early playlists you can do? Yeah, it's like one of the first ones that you can jump into. I started mm -hmm. out with the muscle car and then I quickly switched over to, oh God, what was the playlist called? It was the customs uh, playlist where okay. it's it talks about Liberty Walk. There we go. Okay. okay. I, had it, I knew it was in my brain somewhere. Um, I played through all of Liberty Walk's 
playlist, which if you guys don't know uh, in the game, they have like set up races with set up cars and you go through those to get the the reward at the end of the playlist. Um, and as I was playing through this, first off, it is 100% for Forza uh, Horizon um, style. Like mm -hmm. it just feels like that. I actually think I like the crew motor fest more than Forza Horizon five. Um, first off, Based it takes place. How many hours are you in roughly? Uh, probably about three. So like the opening three hours feels better. That's interesting. Okay. Yes. And here's why. Uh, it takes place in Hawaii, which is beautiful. Really, mm -hmm. really great setting uh, for that. Um, the playlist that I played through and I saw the I saw the the way that they were going to do this with the rest of the the other playlists. Uh, first off, the cars feel great. The, the world looks good. Um, I, I can tell that Forza Horizon looks a little better um, as far as like quality goes, but I don't mind it because I'm driving fast. Uh, first off, there's nitros in, in like all the cars. So in nice. and, and that, and that feels so good. Like, especially when you kind of mess up a turn a little bit and you're like, oh mm -hmm. crap, I'm, I'm, I lost all this juice, you know, making, making this really bad turn. And someone tries to like, just barely kind of like squeak ahead of you. You can hit the nitros and you go forward just a little bit just to keep that lead. Mm -hmm. Like, I love that. I love having that little thing in the back of my pocket that helps out, you know? Uh, but doing the liberty walk which is an actual like uh, a, a shop in hawaii is mm -hmm. japanese based and it's all designed around like custom build you know car body kits uh performance tweaks doing things like that but it, it extends beyond that as well too there's there's like a real life kind of like little docu mini doc that is that prompts you at the beginning of the playlist and you get to learn a little bit about what liberty walk is and Dude, I was I was honestly like in as I'm as I'm playing through each of the races, uh, they've got the disembodied voice and the disembodied voice isn't just like talking for the sake of talking. It's actually giving you like context and history behind the Liberty Walk, like why these cars yeah. are so cool. Why the body Hot Wheels and Horizon? They yeah. did you like Hot Wheels. It's like that same premise. Yes. Nice. And, and it's, but it's based off of real stuff. And I was like, dude, this is really cool. I really love like, you know, I'm, I'm in a race, I'm focused on it, but I'm going to be listening to either music or, or someone talk to me. Why not get a little history on this? And I really, really appreciated that. That was one aspect that I really enjoyed. Um, everything about Forza Horizon is in the crew motor fest. Um, and the other thing that I really enjoyed about this was it pulls you from uh, free play to, uh, you know, going in and doing the, the specific races. But in between then, um, there's a lot more music variety. Like right now I'm listening to like classic, classic, like oldies music. Mm -hmm. And it's great getting like 60s, 70s, 50s musics, you know, mm -hmm. really good songs bopping and stuff. But then you can pop over to like uh, EDM music or you can pop over to uh, uh, like different genres of music and mm -hmm. really kind of you know, find find your style as you're driving around. Mm -hmm. um, the only issues that I've had so far with the game is that the uh, car currency is in two forms of, of magic space bucks. There's the okay. magic space bucks that you spend real money on, and then uh, there's the magic space bucks that you earn in-game. And the price for in-game currency for cars through the shop is really high. Like, I, I've only spent a, f I've spent a few hours in the game. I'm maybe, I think, a third or a fifth of the, the way to earning enough, 
to be able to buy the DeLorean that I want. Um, and they've got the DeLorean in there. They know people are going to go for a DeLorean. It's it's mm-hmm. in like every racing game. It's like a staple at this point. Right. Everyone wants the Back to the Future car. Uh, but it is it is I think like five hundred thousand credits, and I think I'm only at like one hundred and fifty thousand credits or something like mm-hmm. that. It's either three or five. I can't quite remember. Gotcha. Uh, but they know that they're that's their incentive they they that's their microtransaction you can buy mm-hmm. the cars for real currency if you buy like the the credits from in-game store so you don't right. have to though you can earn all that stuff in there but that's the only egregious thing that i can find with this game because everything else looks plays well looks fantastic it's got the rewind system in there it's got the nitros booster in there the playlists are solid the history behind the playlists is fantastic i love it i think they've done a really good job with that they've nailed the formula so if you have played through forza horizon 5 and you've had a good time with it mm-hmm. motorsports right around the corner and you think super serious sim is just not my thing mm-hmm. you can still get some of that in motorfest motorfest still has like the actual kind of uh formula one racing you know tire wear stuff like that it's Mm -hmm. not going to be to the level of sim that like gt7 is or that um forza motorsport will be you can still get that in motorfest though Mm -hmm. and it's not going to be as in depth so if you like horizon over motorsport go with the crew motorfest because you will not be disappointed new setting very lush has all the trappings that you enjoy about horizon mm-hmm. and still has like a little bit of that that uh motorsport in there and then just add planes and motorcycles on top and they even have my honda cbr 1000 so i'm 100 percent happy with that i can't wait to get my my cbr that's good to hear and, and see that that makes me want to play it because i yeah. am hankering for a racing game so that because it's it's just different enough from starfield that i am okay like transitioning between them yeah. uh, and i feel like i can get in play a unique and fun experience have a good time with it um because motorsport was never designed for me you know what i yeah. mean it was never built for me uh and so that 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 raises my spirits and my hope so i'm excited by that for sure yeah you for will sure. you will get a good kick out of 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 the crew i think you're you're gonna enjoy it you're gonna have fun with it mm-hmm. i think a lot of folks that like horizon 5 are are going to really enjoy this this is definitely i can recommend this with certainty just off of the the few hours that i've played i i can mm-hmm. see myself wanting to jump i want to jump back into the muscle car mm-hmm. playlist and actually go do that but they've got like the tokyo drift stuff they've got like the dune buggy stuff they've got the you know the muscle car they've got classic cars like super old porsches and in camaros and, stuff. and then they've got like the lamborghini stuff is the supercars and whatnot mm-hmm. it's all there like they've it- done a fantastic job and reviews are quite positive. Like IGN's yeah. lowest was the 70, but then like Gaming Bolt was given it an 80. Ains again, very high on it. Um, and it does a five-hour free trial and your progress carries. So yeah. consider that, um, especially if you are a PlayStation gamer and you see the Forza Horizon formula and you're thinking about it, definitely check that out, guys. Um, now, so th- this next story, Logan, um, Apple announces native games on iPhone 15. I am curious about this, but... Uh, my week did not allow me to research this topic. I heard yeah. about it a little bit on Trophy Room. Uh, I'm curious, but not interested, if that makes sense. Nor should you be. Um, okay. Having video games play natively on iPhones is cool. Like the 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 
the integrated chips that Apple makes um, are some of the best that you can possibly imagine out there. You know, like they've they've figured out the formula to getting that. The interesting thing about the uh, iPhone 15 was that this is going to have hardware accelerated ray tracing, which mm-hmm. has never been done in a phone before. Mm-hmm. Um, it is going to have the uh, the native gameplay for uh, Resident Evil 4 mm-hmm. uh, remake, um, Assassin's Creed Mirage, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm missing one on there. I think they're bringing... I think they're bringing Resident Evil Village as well, too. Mm-hmm. The And Ubisoft talked about wanting to support this as well. The interesting thing here to me is people were excited that they could get a native version of Resident Evil 4 on their phone. Mm-hmm. I do not recommend that. Um, mm-hmm. As someone who has been through the iPhone ecosystem since mm-hmm. the 3GS, uh, when it was really, you know, like in long in the tooth, mm-hmm. um, I will say... If you buy games on your phone, there is no guarantee that in two generations that game will be supported and run on the new phone. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of apps that have died on older phones that I cannot play mm-hmm. that I have purchased. And and I'm and I'm 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 not even kidding you about that. So there's there's games that I was like, oh cool, Infinity Blade. I will buy that. It looks cool. It's like the freshest game on sure. iPhone, looks fantastic. Bought it, can't play it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they say like, oh, this game will play native, cool. They do not respect games <laughs> in the lineage the way like Xbox does with backwards compatibility mm-hmm. to ensure that that is going to happen. I will say in three generations. I may be eating crow on this, but I'm willing to say right now, mm-hmm. I do not think that folks should invest in video games like this just because they're native, because this is on par for me as buying games through uh, uh, that Google service that just Stadia. died. Stadia. Mm-hmm. This this is it's it's a license to play it. It's not an owning thing. You're going to be much better off buying through a tried and tested ecosystem whether it be Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft, even Nintendo's getting behind the idea of carrying your digital library over. So mm-hmm. just want to okay. toss that out there. It's really cool that they're doing this with the tech. The fact that a phone can do this is amazing. I fully anticipate the fact that it's it's weird that the iPhone 15 will be able to play Resident Evil 4 Remake mm-hmm. before Nintendo, Nintendo. Switch. <laughs> yeah. And that is when it came out. When yeah. <laughs> it came out on the GameCube, yeah, had its own special controller, and Nintendo isn't going to have it before <laughs> before iPhones do. Yeah, and for all intents and purposes, it sounds like that Switch Two is on its way. Like it's it's close. Yeah, it's close, which I'm fine with, especially after seeing the Nintendo Direct. Like, good uh, if they if Nintendo specifically does what iPhone don't. When it comes to, you know, like legacy titles, yeah. like I don't have to rebuy, I'm in because I've got some Metroid games I really want to get back to. If I could play all of them, a Star Fox, I'd love to play Star. Like, I don't want to rebuy Star Fox 64, but if I can buy it once and it sticks to my account now, cool. Like, they said, you, maybe cool. I want to see it, you know. Did, did, you, did you see that R Wing that someone built in Starfield? Not yet. Oh Not my yet. God. <laughs> I, I will send you a photo later. Yeah, please do. Please do. Um, I thought this next story was really cool. Titanfall 2 has gotten some updates. Now, Titanfall 2 is one of, to me, the best shooters ever made. Like, if you're talking about, like, multiplayer plus campaign all together, 
to me, it's one of the top five first-person shooters ever made. I love Titanfall 2. It's just got a special place in my heart. Um, it got an update recently that mimics some of the references that were happening in Apex Legends. Uh, they did things like cleaning up uh, cleaning up some of the multiplayer bugs that were happening, uh, fixing the private private match uh, elements there. And I really hope this uh. is a sign of future Titanfall love. Uh, I think they're definitely deserving of more Titanfall. I love that franchise. I hate what EA did to it. We're talking about release dates with Immortals of Avium a few weeks back. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, a few weeks ago, and, and we talked about it earlier in the show. They, they destroyed Titanfall with a release date nestled between Battlefield, uh, which was making its return, and the COD of that year. And that really stinks because Titanfall 2 is so good. So if this is a sign that we're going to see Titanfall make a return, um, I am that much more happy. If it's a sign that Titanfall 2 is playable again, that's amazing. It consistently and routinely goes on sale for like three, four bucks. And then concurrent players jumps to like 20,000 uh, on Steam alone. That's really cool to see. And so I really hope this is a sign that we get more Titanfall. That would be cool. Because, yeah, Titanfall 2 is is an amazing game. I came to it when it was like one of those $5 deals. Played through the campaign. It was like, wow, this yeah. is this is a killer game. Why does EA constantly try to try to destroy their single player content? Because it feels like this was this could have been like a really, really I mean, it's like Star Wars, Jedi Fallen Order and Survivor. It's like th th these are really good games coming out from EA. And for whatever reason, they just love to try and, and destroy the any any goodwill that they can garner with stuff like everyone was really high on on ea they're like all right they're finally getting back to single player games and stuff like that and then they murder the the crew for immortals of avium they shut down wild hearts they they this the director or the director for uh survivor and fallen order leaves it's like mm -hmm. nowhere does it feel like ea understands how much people enjoy the games that their studios actually put out yeah. when it isn't a madden or a fifa yep it's a bummer so frustrating yeah and those those devs uh deserve better but that said i i hope this is a sign of something because i'm really excited by the idea of more titanfall we need more mech games like this where you get into the mech you get out of the mech you have mm -hmm. gameplay for both you know titanfall is like the perfect game that encapsulates like the idea of like a gundam game uh, from like a, a new ip standpoint that has like a mm -hmm. fresh world you know isn't tied down by all of the gundam stuff or the stigma behind anime mm -hmm. um it, it is a a it's just really good it's just a really fantastic game man agreed agreed well logan i think it's time to get some listener mail it's nice to be back in the saddle for the two of us kind of simultaneously for sure um let's see here oh while i'm talking about it uh go back and check out my creator talk with miss deus geek guys that was a really good creator talk and she's an incredible xbox content creator uh it's on patreon it'll go public to, to youtube but uh give those creator talks a listen i think there's a really neat uh let's see here we have a question from mr uh rob frawley uh i i love rob he says conversely i'd like i'd love a discussion on how reviewers are criticized from every side uh from every side are in a lose-lose situation. People don't seem to understand that reviews are literally subjective opinions about a game. And if the opinion doesn't match theirs, people freak out. Uh, you'd have to imagine that Rob is referencing a lot of the hoopla that came around Starfield. Um, are reviewers in a lose-lose situation here? I, I mean, anytime you put out your opinion, 
anywhere. Um, you're you're already opening yourself up to the the praise and scrutiny that comes from this. Uh, as I've mentioned in the past, review scores can help or hinder a game's launch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it is important that honesty and disclosure comes with reviews. Um, mm-hmm. I think as long as you're honest with yourself about about how you feel about the game and you feel like you've you've gone through the paces to actually say like this game is is worth this or this game is worth picking up regardless mm-hmm. of the price uh, because the price is going to vary over the time. Um, but this is how the game actually plays, looks, mm-hmm. feels, and operates. Those are important consumer decisions in factoring whether or not people should be buying games. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone should be buying a game solely off the off of the score of a game, though. Right. Like you really need to make sure. Like Baldur's Gate Three is a is a amazing game, and I I respect that. I'm not going to buy that game because of the high score of it. Mm-hmm. because I know the type of gamer I am and I know the type of game that I like and Baldur's mm-hmm. Gate 3 has some of the trappings for games that I don't like that I'm going to stay away from. If someone puts out a review, um you're going to be you're going to have to deal with the hate and the love. Uh mm-hmm. that's just part of it, you know. We as content creators are putting our thoughts and our feelings on the table for scrutiny. And mm-hmm. It's it's not a it's not a lose lose situation. It's not a win win situation. It's a win lose situation. You're mm-hmm. you're never going to please everyone all the time. So, I don't think that um, I don't think that people should really like. I I think people need to back off on attacking reviewers based on their score. Honestly, I think they're getting a little up in their feelings about that kind of stuff. It's just a score. There's lots of other reviewers out there. Find the ones that you like, and and follow them for their score stop looking at metacritic and individual scores that contribute to a metacritic and the ones that are lower attacking a game because they didn't feel like it if you feel like it justified a higher score like get out of here screw you you shouldn't be you shouldn't be make you want to you want to have your opinion make a website make a podcast put your opinion out there and then deal with the hate mm-hmm. uh, i'm inclined to agree i don't i think anytime somebody says something publicly they're available for public scrutiny Whatever it is, particularly when it comes to uh, critiquing a game. So anybody that's that's frustrated or critically disagreeing with a reviewer, that reviewer has opened themselves up to that critique. What they've not opened themselves up to is being attacked because they gave it a score you don't like, don't agree with. Um, Specific to Starfield, we saw people going after uh, GameSpot and IGN that hadn't played the game hadn't gone hands-on, yeah. hadn't experienced it, didn't read the review, didn't understand what the experiences were that that, ex- that reviewer had. Uh, to put simply, if you play Starfield for 10 hours, 20 hours, I totally see where you, where, uh, you can get a 10 out of that experience. I also see where you can get a 7 because so much of, of Starfield is a situational event you know did you warp into an area and suddenly you were attacked by bounty hunters because that was kind of the the one of the near infinite setups you could have had and you love being fighting bounty hunters suddenly your your benefit goes up were you exploring a planet where you were attacked by the local fauna um and then out of nowhere bounty hunters dropped in 
or were you on a quest line that was so obscure because you walked by and happened to hear an NPC talk about it and then it reminded you of your late mother? Like these moments can take place in Starfield or be completely missed. Yeah. And that's the beauty and brilliance of it. It's like when I hear people critique um, Sea of Thieves, like we know a lot of our friends don't like Sea of Thieves. Uh, I've said Ainsel's name a lot on this show. He's ugly, but he doesn't like Sea of Thieves. He has never had the experiences that I've had in Sea of Thieves. Mm-hmm. His review will be very different. And it comes from having so many available possibilities and running into them or not. Uh, you, you wish none of us should be purchasing and not purchasing based on review scores alone. And I agree with you, Logan, like Baldur's Gate three is not a game for Luke lore. Starfield wasn't meant to be, but I had access. I tried it, but like, I wouldn't go buy Baldur's Gate based on its review score. Would I watch coverage, listen to people I'm interested in, hear their experiences, read the review and say, okay, does this match something that I'm interested in? Then we're good. But I'm seeing any number of Criterion uh, movies that are considered the best ever. But like, do I want to go watch Constablanca? No, that's not something I want to do. Do I want to (laughs) watch every Christopher Nolan movie? No. Some of them are heartbreaking, right? It's a matter of what you're interested in and inform yourself on it. Uh, They're well entitled to their opinion, those reviewers. You are not entitled to be a jackass about it. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't understand it. There was one guy that showed up on my Twitter feed this week because I was frustrated with encumbrance in Starfield. Starfield, a game that I'm neat, almost 48 hours into that I freaking love that it's my rookie. game of the year now. Um, Yeah, Brooke. Yeah, exactly. But like, it's my <laughs> game of the year right now. And there are some things I really don't like about Starfield. And this guy was like on my feet. I'm like, bro, you don't even follow me. What are you yeah. doing? Like you are, you're spending your time instead of playing, enjoying out there attacking, uh, it's frustrating. And so review scores can be, can can do more harm than good, um, if weaponized. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next question. This one comes from Matt Reed. He says back to a conversation a couple weeks back game reviews today, some written for clicks, others, uh, to further a brand versus true reviews. What influence does this have on the industry uh, and gaming purchasing? So I, I read this one specifically after Rob's because I think it ties in. Do you think the industry is influenced uh, by reviews when it comes to purchasing a game? Because I would say yes. I think when you get that accolade trailer where it says, you know, this many people give it this many tens and nines. Uh, I think when you can make marketing built around that, it does influence purchasers. I think word of mouth. I think the uh, the lists that different different uh, manufacturers create or, or uh, collate. So like when you have the most most purchased section mm-hmm. on an Xbox store, when you have the most played section, most viewed section, those certainly make a difference. And I think reviews can lead to that. Um, that does lead to purchases down the line. So I think they do have an influence. I don't think reviews have as much of an influence as they once did when you bought a game pro bought an, uh, EGM or something. I think they have more influence now. Mm, Talk to me. Uh, well, I think the conversation because, uh, the reviews all culminate to a score, right? And the score is what gets aggregated. And then that score is the, is the, the bar, that has to be met 
for people to make a, a, a purchasing decision. Um, and because there are so many outlets out there nowadays that can all sign up and contribute to the, the aggregated data, uh, I think that reviews are impacting game purchases a lot more. We just talked about how you know, a fantastic game in Immortals of Avium did not sell well because it was a seven. Mm-hmm. and because it had some issues now if this was a game in a game pro magazine most people would probably not have bought the magazine they would have walked into toys r us or kb toys or something mm-hmm. and they probably would have just picked it up because it had a cool cover you know back when we looked at the cover that's what, like all atari games were based off of like the, the yeah. look of the cover uh so i will say that i think that unfortunately i think that the influence of of reviews uh have have been swaying and yes i do think that there are definitely outlets that favor certain either ecosystems or types of game um if you don't believe me go watch skill up the dude has a hard on for freaking fps rhythm games mm-hmm. and i don't blame them they're great they're fun uh but he's also very subjective when it comes to uh his opinions for all games um as he's he- allowed to be as he's allowed to be and but if you if you watch skill up you will see that he has a type and mm-hmm. every gamer has a type that's why ign tries to hire on as many independent uh reviewers as possible because they know that there's not going to always be someone who is a fighting game expert there's not mm-hmm. always going to be someone who is a baseball expert. They're not always going to be someone that that is a motorsport expert. So having multiple people who that is their forte will help give more informed reviews for the consumer as reference to whether or not this game is worth looking at, not buying, looking at. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I do that. think that reviews, especially the ones... And there's a whole there's a whole conversation about like early access that we might get into that I want to that I, I would like to, to dive into if we get a chance. Yeah, let's make that uh, a next week topic. But I'll ask you right now. Mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat. The release date is uh, the 19th of September. If you buy the early access, you can play it this weekend, starting on the, on the, the 15th. I think is when you could have played it first. Yeah. Um, I don't want the explanation. I don't want the reasoning. Cause I want this to be a good conversation for a different show. Yeah. But is the game out now or is it on the, on the 19th? It's out now. All right. I agree. All right. Let's go to uh, Mr. Jose Martinez's question. Side note, Jose Martinez uh, helped me with new avatars. They are fantastic. I love them. I've requested some of you, Logan. Uh, I put one in the thumbnail for this episode. It's me angry. I'm going to see if that YouTube algorithm likes it. Um, I'm, 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 it's an experiment. And I'm well aware. Some of my buddies are going to be like, Luke, Laura, what is this? And I'm going to be like, hey, shut up. Why do right. they so? Why do they sound like your southern aunt? <laughs> I just decided that's what Ains and Joe should sound like. Ains and Joe sound, sound like your, yeah, your yes. southern aunt. Walked Sweetie, in your room, lifted you up a your... lifted up a shirt, and was like, "What are all these little rags down here?" Sweet pea, what are you doing with your thumbnails? It's ridiculous. <laughs> okay, uh, Jose says. After an interesting development this week on our end, what are your thoughts on Logan? Uh, what are your and Logan thoughts on paying for early access? Does price matter? Does the amount of time matter? So uh, I think price matters. 
I mm. think the amount of time matters. Three days doesn't matter to me unless it's a weekend. And then it's a little different because I have time on the weekend, right? My yeah. money versus the time investment is important. Uh, for something like Mortal Kombat, I do not have $100 to spend on a couple hours worth of that fighting game that I know is going to live and die for a long time after this. For a game like Starfield, where I paid a $30 upgrade fee, and I didn't know if I wanted to play it, but I was interested for coverage, it was easy to do. Plus you so, got a week. And yeah, yeah, and you got a, a good chunk of time there. Yeah. So it really does, it, it's a case-by-case -case basis, which I don't think is a dodge to his question, but it's going to matter about my interest, how much money I have available, uh, to the amount of time I have available. Um, all of those things do matter. They absolutely do matter. And again, we'll talk about whether or not the game is actually out or not on a different show. But yeah. I do think it is okay to pay for quote-unquote early access, but I don't think early access uh, and game preview should be confused with one another, and sometimes they're used interchangeably in the wrong ways. Um. I'm going to say, honestly, I think early access is a huge scam. It is, it is the new version of loot boxes. Uh, the game's done. Like the day one patch is there for early access. I, I really think that <laughs> spending money on this, the, the, these are the, here are the people that will benefit from this. The people who uh are really excited about the game they're already bought in they want to have as much time with it as possible they don't want to miss out on the zeitgeist they want to have as they they want it as early as possible they've they're willing to spend the money on the super big collector's edition the other people who probably don't need to buy the early access because chances are if they are they're getting they're getting a code from the from the developers already or from marketing are streamers having early access uh, gives you a head start in the viewers. Um, being one of the few people who can actually stream a game before anyone else has access to it feeds into the FOMO that is created through marketing and mm -hmm. gives you guaranteed viewership because no one else is able to play this game. Mm -hmm. And you're one of the few lucky ones. So having early access is huge for streamers. For the regular consumer, though, it's a perfect opportunity for you to a not spend any extra money and b decide if this is something that you want to jump into. Now is a perfect time to decide if you want to actually play Mortal Kombat One because you can sit there and watch a bunch of people on stream playing it through early access. Mm -hmm. That will if you're on the fence about a game and you're not sure if you want to do it, early access is great to skim through feeds and see like who's who's playing what, see like what you think of it, stuff like that. Um, but I stand by my feelings that it is a giant scam. The game's done, just sell it. Uh, charging people more for a, a portion of time to be able to play it early, I, I, I really hate that, but I'll buy into it depending on the situation. Like Starfield and Forza Horizon 5 were two situations where I was like, I want to play it now. I'm willing to spend the 30 bucks for early access uh, but I'm also being very hypocritical about this because Disney tried to do this with Disney plus, uh, mm -hmm. back in 2020 when they were launching Mulan and they said, 
if you want to watch Mulan and you don't want to go to movie theaters, you have to pay for Disney Plus and you have to buy the, the movie. You have to spend mm-hmm. 20 bucks to get access to the movie. And if you do not play or if you do not pay for Disney Plus afterwards, even though you spent $20 to, to, to watch Mulan, you will not have access to that movie. You do not own a copy of the movie if you've bought it. That is exactly what's going on with here. I hated it with Disney Plus. I'm okay with it with Game Pass. I'm being hypocritical about this, but it's passions that are are, are yeah. conflated here. I think that's why why for me it's case by case, but I don't see it as a scam. Um, particularly given like, am I paying for early access or am I paying for the bonuses that come with it in the upgrade edition and the uh, collector's editions of, of Starfield? You're getting other content. Uh, expansions something so there's it's it's specific to the versions that you're talking about yeah but isn't aren't like the the little extra hootie doos the hats that that you get with the the pre-order bonus like in the or or the early access all of that's just marketing scam too if you're just i think it's a scam if you know what it is if you know what it is then you are choosing Right. And the I, onus is on you as a consumer to make an informed decision. A, a pyramid scheme is still a pyramid scheme, even if I know it's a pyramid scheme. Yeah. We, okay. But I'm not sure I equate these things to a pyramid scheme. Yes. A pyramid scheme is a pyramid not, scheme, but not I'm not sure I equate is, the two. Not that this is, but I can still see, I can see a scam and know it's a scam, even if I'm not buying into the scam. But you do buy into the scam sometimes. You just said you're being hypocritical. Sometimes you are. I know. That's why it has to be case by case. I I don't. But I I can still call it a scam is the thing. Okay. All right. I I can still recognize that it is and I will call it as that even if I buy into it knowing that I am buying into it. Gotcha. See, for me, it's a matter of value. Like how how much do you want versus need versus have to spend on. It's like like ship sets and... Uh, see if these like they're they're expensive yeah but if you really want to look like a spartan in halo you're going to spend some money or you yes. really want you know so i think that's where it is like to me it could be a scam to get the collector's edition of a ship livery but it also glows and i really like glowy you know yeah. what i mean so it, it really does come down to personal choice like do you feel yeah. like these cosmetics are worth actual additional money for context i have spent over probably at this point it's probably close to 250 if not 300 dollars a year mm-hmm. a year in sea of thieves since microtransactions came out that's more that that's it's been it they've had cosmetics available since like 2019 mm-hmm. that's close to like 600 for a game that i spent 60 dollars at launch that's 10 times the amount of money they've gotten from me for cosmetics mm-hmm. than the actual game that I, that they sold me so yeah you really have to think about like how much money are you investing in these games start to keep track of these microtransactions because like microtransactions themselves they're made smaller to try and obfuscate the 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 amount of money that you're spending over time yeah so all right all right Uh, i'm curious to see if people weigh in because i really love when people make comments on below uh, and let us know what they think so let us know what you guys think uh, this one is a question for me. If you could get a Babylon 5 game, what would you want it to be and who would develop it? Uh, can't wait to talk Babylon 5 with you on Secret Friends Unite. Love Ox. That's from Todd Oxtra. I love him. Um, I've been playing Starfield like a, ba- like a Babylon 5 game, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, I've really enjoyed that. If you could get capital ships 
into Starfield and a little more Starfighter-esque style ships a little bit easier. Um, I would love that to be my Babylon 5 game because you got a lot of the politics and you got a lot of the elements of it. Um, I'm in season five of my rewatch. <laughs> and then I can then I can talk about the new movie with with Todd. Um, but to do a Babylon 5 game, right, because it's such a niche niche thing, you'd have to have a really good game to turn heads for it. Um, I there was a game uh, I forget Rebel Galaxy, Rebel Galaxy one had some mm. really good capital ship battles. That would be that'd be a good one to have. And then uh, Rebel Galaxy two was a good Starfighter style game. Um, but I think you'd, you'd want like something where you're moving around and flying a white star and stuff. In fact, in Starfield, Logan, my ships are called the white stars. So I fly white <laughs> stars one, two and three because um, I want the white nice. star fleet because it's cool. So that's fair. Hey, Kevin asks a good question. He says, when well, would you first jump in on the on the Babylon five thing? I didn't know you knew Babylon five. I forgot. Go ahead. I, I would like to see Bioware do a Babylon five game. Just like Ubisoft is doing an avatar game. I'm totally fine with companies t- picking up IPs to make their game mm-hmm. with a with an IP skin on top of it. Like I'm mm-hmm. fine playing blue people Far Cry. Mm-hmm. Totally cool with that. I, I would love for Bioware to do that because I think Bioware respects story and choices enough that mm-hmm. they could do justice to a good Babylon 5 game. But that's just I mean, my thoughts. I maintain B5 is the best sci-fi ever written uh, with, with some of the worst... <laughs> budget ever <laughs> you know like you go back and watch it you're like all right <laughs> but it's so fun it's like that the shadow war was so cool all right uh kevin asks us when we'll both feel personally done with starfield uh that's a great question i think I'll, it's one of those things i'll just know logan right now i'm 48 hours in um i anticipate probably doing about 48 hours more and probably feeling done. I anticipate that, but I could be wrong. Elden Ring, I was 185 hours. Cyberpunk, I want to say 140. Like, you know, when I'm done, I'm done. But it's, I don't have an interest in redoing missions. So New Game Plus does not appeal to me. And I really hate, I I got you, I see you. Um, (laughs) But I really hate the missions I'm doing right now for the Freestar Collective. I don't like being a space cop. I like being a Jedi. It's two different things. I like going back and reporting to the Marshal. Brutal. He sucks. Uh, And I will, if I could just murder Sam Coe with no consequences, I would. He and his daughter are the most obnoxious characters ever. Uh, I cannot stand him. He's like, yeah, back in my day. Shut up, Sam. You suck. You suck. I don't like you. And I can't give his daughter books, but she keeps saying, I want books. (sighs) Shut up, Cora. You're annoying. I'm trying to save the galaxy here. Man. And this is why Luke doesn't have kids, but he is a teacher, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I have uh, four days of game time in this game. Um, Good I am job, going- Logan. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to have to put this game down. I do not want to put this game down. Honestly, I gave up rating Destiny 2 this weekend because I wanted to because I, I was going to be playing the crew motor fest and mm-hmm. that was taking time away from Starfield. I am at the Unity quest. Uh, I've I've I know what the Unity is now. Um, I am very curious about New Game Plus as a result. I really want to see where that takes me because I think it's kind of cool that they're doing it this way. Uh, But at the same time, I still have a couple other factions that I want to go through on my main playthrough. 
Um, so, and there's also, there's talent points that I want to unlock. I just unlocked the, the highest tier of shipbuilding. Oh, dude, the, the stuff that you get with that is so nice. I'm so happy with it, but, um, I don't want to build my ship. I want to buy it. The, the, dude, there's some really good ones to buy too at the okay. higher tiers too. Uh, the reason I are, say is like, like I want crazy. a base. I want a base, but I don't want to, I'm not, that's not fun for me to build that stuff. You know what I no, mean? No, yeah. The the base building stuff I think is cool. I don't think uh, I don't think it's nearly as as uh, as as uh, like most of my outposts are like mining factories at this mm-hmm. point. Like they're just on planets that have resources that are that are feeding me mm-hmm. uh, minerals for for being able to build other stuff. I don't really like the a lot of that stuff. I think there's a lot of things that could be improved there. We, when I think won't, I do have a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we were not going to spoil anything for anybody. Just to be clear, guys. So I'm being vague. Um, have you done the Mantis, the Mantis quest line? No. So I have the Mantis ship. That's what I'm using right now. That's White Star 2. Um, Yes. And I just got the Free Star ship. And then I got another ship for doing uh, UC, which I forgot. Um, So like, and then like most of my game has been a horror game. And now it's like, I'm a space cop game. And I want it to go back to being a horror game. Uh, You need to go do the... um... Yeah, keep on the free star stuff because I think it'll kick you out to another storyline. Okay. Uh, but I do think you should do some of the main missions, though. Um, I think some of the main missions, I don't think you've gotten to a point yet where you've unlocked a certain thing. Okay. And I think you I think you need to kind of push through that main storyline. Honestly, okay. the, the main storyline has some of the um, gravitas in, that I was not expecting. Um, that actually surprised me. I was actually quite happy with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think I'll feel done with the game when I finally decide to start up a new game plus, um, because I, I think I want to see how that works. And I, and I don't think that I'll feel like I'll be done with it until I do that. And I, and I'm, I want to complete a couple more side factions before I jump into that. So it, it may be a while, unfortunately, because we're getting access to cyberpunk phantom liberty mm-hmm. i'm going to be restarting cyberpunk okay and i i will i will be going through the paces of testing out my old build which was a cyberware build because they've done heavy augments to that system and i want to see how the quick hack system works so i'm going to be going back through cyberpunk so i have to put down starfield for the mm-hmm. time being mm-hmm. because of, of cyberpunk but I, I do not feel done with it Gotcha. Yeah, it'll be a while, I think, before I'm done. I don't want to be done. Uh, the last question comes from Matthew Kennedy. He says, uh, is the new Curveball update in State of Decay 2 calling your name? I've been enjoying my time with the game, but nothing had me coming back to it. I wasn't the biggest fan of Juggernaut. What say you guys think this will pull you back in? Um, Matt, I love State of Decay. One, two, I've liked all the updates. Um, however... I'm not headed back to State of Decay 2 for the foreseeable future, despite the love they're pouring in, just because of all the stuff that's coming. I'm really stoked for Alan Wake and Spider-Man. I'm really stoked for uh, more Starfield for the motor for Crew Motorfest. Um, I anticipate playing Everspace 2 before the end of the year, and then Avatar is on the horizon. So I'm gonna end Sonic Superstars. So I won't be touching some games and like mortal Kombat, uh, i will play some fan fan liberty for coverage but like there's some stuff that's just not happening and there's no way a state of decay 2 could get into 
my playlist. See if these wouldn't get into my playlist right now, even though those are games that I cherish and love. Um, so I think that's kind of my issue. Where do you stand on that, Logan? I still have not played Stage of Decay 2. So oh, I, <laughs> but I, okay. So for, for context, to, to be able to, to answer Matthew Kennedy's question, I went and I watched the WashU uh, uh, studio podcast uh, that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really cool what they were doing. Uh, I, I think that they've, they've got some fun stuff planned with um, Curveball, which is an augment to some of the zombies out there. They've got little purple eyes and stuff, and there's, mm-hmm. there's some cool little things that they're tweaking with it uh, compared to just the... the um, uh, the juggernaut edition, which brought in the, uh, the, I'm blanking on the name, the heart thing. I know what you're talking about. Um, and so and yeah. I will tell you, play it's cart? the right time of year. Play cart. Yes. yes. And it's the uh, right time of year yeah. for, for a spooky. So like maybe, maybe I meet my words. Cause I do want a spooky. I like, a spooky. I mean, I need to, I, I would love to start up a community and, 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 uh, play through the game and, and, and get an understanding of it and stuff. Cause I, I do, I, I was watching them play through that and it looks like, uh, it's, it's, it looks like effectively like a division, but zombie version of the division. Like you've got gear, you've, you're running around in third person. You're kind of, it, it looks cool. It looks really fun. I, I'm glad that Wushu is uh, picking up on State of Decay 2 uh, compared to the, the, the team, you know, um, compared to, um, oh, I just blanked on the studio's name. Undead? undead yeah undead labs uh doing state of decay 3 because that's effectively what what's going on right now like state of decay 2 is still out there it's still available it's still on game pass um but the content is shifting over to wushu studios which is a a uk-based studio while undead labs starts focusing uh on on really focusing on uh state of decay 3 which i'm Mm -hmm. i'm excited for because i think that'll be a really cool next gen game um especially if they continue using unreal 5 for state of k3 i think that'll be really awesome uh so it's good that they're getting updates it's good that we talk about the update because not a lot of people think about state of k2 and with it being you know kind of spoopy time with halloween i'm already in the mood i've been i've been listening to halloween stuff all month and uh this is going to be a good update for folks that have wanted a reason to go back in state of k2 or like myself want to go check it out and have people now interested to jump in and actually check it out. I just don't know if I have the time. Right. Same. Same. Well, uh, that's going to do it for our episode this week, Logan. I am so appreciative to you, to Joseph Moran for filling in last week. I'm so glad we got to to podcast together here. Uh, Listeners, I appreciate all of you that are listening. If you're watching, if you've clicked like, if you're subscribed, if you're a Patreon supporter, genuinely, thank you for helping us make the content we love making. Um, it feels really good, especially in such a busy time in regular life. So thank you guys for that. Um, you can find me on Twitter at insipid ghost, and you can find XCP on all your podcast platforms of choice. Really encourage you guys to come check out our discord. It's a blast. Uh, Logan, let people know where they can find you. Uh, I'm over on Twitter at CAPT underscore L O G U N. Other than that, you can always check out the Keelhauled podcast this week. We're going to be talking about the, uh, quote unquote, wish you were here event which is a kind of a grand tour of all things sea of thieves for some content that you can't get until later you get early access to content just by playing the game it's available on game pass i'll be talking about that this week on keelhauled podcast uh the discord for that podcast is in the show notes as always otherwise i'm going to be in the xep discord as well talking to folks about starfield 
sharing images of all the cool ships that people have built in there, like a Bebop from Turtles, that someone just made a Bebop head in in Starfield, random. And uh, that's that's pretty much it. All right. That's going to be it from us, guys. Have a great rest of your week. Take care.